When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Okay, all right, Scott. Let's let's play it straight because I think we're recording now. I just heard the button click. Play, play it straight. What do you mean? Well, you know, none of none of the usual hijinks we get up to oh. pre-recording. Okay, got it. So let me take off this silly clean, hat. Clean up your language and clean up my language. You know, yeah. I, I do love a curse, a curse <laughs> word. Um, well, welcome back to high speed stuff, right? <laughs> okay. and, yeah. And here we are. I'm me, Ben, and you're you, and you're Scott. That's right. As right. usual. That sounded like there were three people. I'm sorry. I messed that up. Mm. Sounded good. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll yeah, just go fine. with it. Yeah. We'll just go with it. Uh, so today, uh, I was actually very excited because uh, for our listeners there, Scott showed me a video. And this is not unusual. Oftentimes, um, Scott, you'll you'll stumble across something, <laughs> and I'll, I'll get an email link with something like, you should check this out. Yeah, I do this all the time. I get real excited about the videos, the the, mm-hmm. the recent crop of racing videos. I, I love oh, yeah. them. Yeah, they're awesome. And and uh, to take up the cause with you, uh, I have always found those uh, incredibly fascinating. Some of them are a little bit scary, and uh, one of those in particular, uh, to, to be quite honest with you, um, well, what's the most elegant way I can say this? It freaked me out. I don't want to be it in that freaked car. You, freaked you out, really? Yes. We are talking about Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Oh, yeah. What is that? Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, all right? It's a, it's a comp- it's, it's actually the second oldest automobile race in the United States. I don't know if you knew that or not. And I think, I'm, I'm guessing here, mm-hmm. I, I believe the Indianapolis 500 is the oldest uh, okay. uh, racing event in the United States. So, um, but this is the second oldest. It's been around since 1916. And I guess from really worldwide, um, competitors have, have come to the mountain in July. And I don't know if it's always been run in July or not. I would assume mm-hmm. it was just due to weather. Um, it's run in July right now. And they've come to the hill to find out who can get to the top the fastest. It's it's a timed event. It's not a, you know, there's not 10 or 12 cars on the on the course uh, together at the same time, charge into the top. It's it's one car at a time, 
they stagger them. They're different divisions. I think there are 11 different um, divisions this year. Mm-hmm. And it gets a pretty good turnout, really. I mean, you wouldn't expect a lot of people to, to hike up a mountain or drive up a mountain and stand, you know, waiting for one car to go by <laughs> and see it one turn. But, you know, it's a lot like rally racing where, you know, you get to see just a small bit of the course. Uh, you choose where you want to be. Um, they said they had 35,000 people. 35,000? They were expecting 35,000 this year. And, and wow. you know, watching the video, most of them near, are near the bottom, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as you get near the top, the um, you know the crowd thins out a bit, as does the air. Sure. So, um, it's interesting. interesting race. It's really cool to watch. Um, it's an interesting idea. I think it's I think it's really neat. We should talk about it a little more. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. Um, so I guess if we can, let's touch on the on the basics here. We we mentioned that it's it's uh, unique among a lot of races because mm-hmm. this sucker is almost all the way uphill, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you, uh, you want to know about the course? I got the stats yes. here. Okay. Yes. Of course, this is unbelievable when you when you really think about these numbers. It doesn't start. At ground at uh, sea know, level, yeah, sea level at, at zero altitude. It starts somewhere around. I think it's around nine thousand feet. Um, yeah, nine thousand three hundred ninety feet is the beginning. I'm looking at the map right now. That's the beginning. Yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we're both. We both have a copy of the map in front of us. So you can mm-hmm. follow along with me here. But the course length is twelve point four two miles. And get this, it has one hundred and fifty six turns. So you're you're turning left or right or left and right. Uh, 156 times before you reach the summit, because they do race to the very top, which is at an altitude of 14,110 feet. 14,110. 14, that's crazy. I think that's that's uh, I, okay. I'm not going to ruin it, but I, I I see a couple of interesting plot twists coming up here. Uh, yeah. With that altitude, it's it's okay. You can ruin it if you want. Go ahead. What were you thinking? Um, I'm thinking. Well. As you, as you said earlier, that obviously could impact people walking around, yes, right? Yes. Um, which is probably why uh, there's a lot of people who would prefer to see the car start than to see it finish. And uh, also, probably more importantly, uh, it, it, I bet it has some effects on the driver and the engine. You are exactly right. Yeah, the, um, the crowd uh, aspect of it, uh, there is, oddly enough, there's altitude sickness to deal with. Uh, not only that, but the driver would have to deal with this as well because um, as they, you know, mm-hmm. approach the summit, air becomes thinner, and uh, the ref- apparently the driver's reflex is slow. Um, the, just their, uh, their their body slows down. They've re- they've got reduced muscle strength. Hmm. Um, it's it's got to be extremely challenging because you have to be at the top of your game. I mean, at that point, you're, you're in a race car mm-hmm. on a mountain. You know that uh, you know the, the one side is the mountain, the other side is a cliff. So um, a lot of danger involved in this. And you mentioned the car as well. Yeah. Um, this is this was interesting to me. We know that altitude, you know, the, the air thins at altitude, right? Sure. Uh, as you gain altitude. This is kind of a progressive thing. So starting at the bottom, the car runs completely different than it does at the top uh, because it's being choked for air. Cars need a lot of air to, to operate, of course, mm-hmm. and race cars use even more air to operate. This is this is unbelievable. By the time they reach the top, it, it progressively reaches the point where I think they said thirty percent of the car's um, energy or power is sapped by the loss of air. So by the time they get to the top, the car is running at thirty percent less power than it had at the bottom of the course. So the car is you know the the the, uh, the horsepower and the, the the power that the car is able to you know apply to the ground, which is the gravel at this point, by the way. Wait, what? Gravel. The- 
Not the whole thing. No, not the whole thing. They start out on, uh, you know, follow along on your map here. The, um, <laughs> at the bottom, you know, the map shows where um, there's pavement and mm-hmm. gravel. And if you notice, it goes from pavement to gravel, back to pavement, and then back to gravel again. So this is a this is a ridiculously challenging course, and um, you know the drivers have to adjust for that. Not only do they have to choose the right equipment, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to you know, the right tires and you know, suspension setup, et cetera, to, to be able to handle both types of terrain, but um, they just have to have the skill to be able to drive on both types of surfaces. Because we're talking about drifting, we're talking about a lot of rally technique, rally mm-hmm. driving techniques that. Um, we talked about those in the past. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. hit on a lot of racing techniques. There's not really jumping going on in this because it is a it's a it's normally a public road. Uh, normally, tourists are able to drive to the top of um, of Pikes Peak. And um, oh, here's an interesting thing I, I read. I found this last night. Mm-hmm. If you or I were just to to go to the top of Pikes Peak, guess how long it would take us to get there? Now, this isn't the same exact 12 miles. We're talking a total distance from starting at, at you know the bottom of the mountain. Okay. They start somewhere around 9,000 feet. Okay, so, so it's a longer distance. It's about 38 miles. 38 miles. Round trip, round trip. Round trip. Okay, yeah. so, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Wild well, guess. Not, okay, I'm thinking, I'm doing the math, 19 miles, yeah. right? Um, 40 minutes. 40, no way. <laughs> no, <laughs> you would be flying up that mountain at 40 minutes. <laughs> there, that'd be 60 miles an hour up the, that'd be averaging 60 miles an hour almost, up and down the mountain. So that'd be ridiculous, that'd be like race speed, right? Well, I live dangerously. Close to. So. I know you do. No, you're I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably, probably you more than it would one. take. It would take two hours. Two hours. Two hours and a half a tank of fuel is what they say that it would take to get just an average vehicle up and back down the mountain. That's 38 miles round trip. Holy crap! Now, they cover 12.42 miles in. Get this, <laughs> the the barrier, the the magical number right now uh-huh. is 10 minutes. Really? Ten minutes. And there are turns on this mountain. I saw them in the video. Uh-huh. They're turns that, uh, you know, say slow down, 10 mile per hour turn. So um, you can imagine the, the you know, the uh, the steepness of this this course. I think they said there's up to a 10% grade at some points. Um, the average is, I believe, 7% grade. That's the average. So it gets pretty intense. Uh, this is up and down. Um, they don't race down, but there are parts of the course where it's a downhill run. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. you know, the terrain. And... Kind of lost my train of thought. No, there. no, I, you know, sixty miles, sixty miles per hour yeah. would be what we'd have to drive all the way to the top and back down. And there's just no way you could do it. I mean, you, you can understand the you know, the problem there. So these guys are going way faster than that, more than sixty, of course. You'll you'll see if you watch these videos. Right. Covering twelve and a half miles in ten minutes, and that's not everybody. That's one particular uh, division. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. 
Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, okay, I, you know, I have some questions that I plan to ask, Mm -hmm. but I want to stop quickly. No, you know what? You know what? We'll, We'll get to it in a second, I guess. For our listeners who haven't heard of this race yet, um, what would you say are some of the the main differences? Just to sum up, it sounds like we've touched on a lot of the main differences mm-hmm. uh, between Pikes Peak Hill Climb and you know NASCAR or some other rallies. Okay, well, well, first I guess is the classes. I mean, we've talked about the course and the mm-hmm. distance, and you know how it, they call it the race to the clouds. That's that's how. Um, strange or odd this course is that you know you're, you're headed up in one direction it's mm-hmm. a hill climb competition which isn't unusual but this is a really big one um again you know 12 and a half miles a time course 156 turns mm-hmm. all this you know this altitude to deal with uh you know the thinning of air the 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 slowing of reflexes etc um the other thing is that you know there are 11 classes that run in this on this course and it's everything from cars to um, super stock, what they call super stock cars, uh, which are, I believe, modified cars. Um, uh, pro truck, which is, you know, trucks, of course. Really? There are big rig type race, racing vehicles that go up this, believe it or not, these, these mammoth, big, actual big rigs. They're racing big rigs, but, um, to me, those are pretty exciting to watch as well. Yeah. Because these guys, yeah. and they're not kidding around either. I mean, they're, they're hanging the, uh, the rear end around the turns too. Um, I, I should, I, messing up hanging the rear end out around the turns as well you know they're they're sliding they're uh, they're they're drifting really 
around the turns, these big rigs. They're like so, that guy in Can It Drift? Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. the name of that YouTube yeah, series? Yeah. Um, Will It Drift. Will It Drift, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so these guys are unbelievable. I mean, fearless. And they run everything all the way down to, I think it's 250cc motorcycles, and they have quad runners, they have, um, of course, motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Um, Cars, trucks, open wheel racers, um, this unlimited series, which is where you get the ten minute mark. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to that. But um, just interesting. I mean, it's yeah. really, really the the diversity is unbelievable. It, it, it's staggering when you think about. I, I I just you know what I cannot help but think of how terrified I would be to take a genuine big rig. Around some of those turns, especially <laughs> that one um, was it the the one they call the bottomless pit? Bottomless pit, yeah. There's a turn called the bottomless pit that everybody uh, everybody knows about, and they give it a little extra care uh, when they when they run that turn. But um, it's well, it's not truly bottomless, of course. But I've seen conflicting reports here, and I, I've got a bunch of stuff. But the best I can I can determine from what I've seen is that it's about a thousand foot drop, Jeez. and. Thankfully, so far, no racer has ever gone off of the, the edge of the bottomless pit because um, I would have to say that wouldn't be a good situation. No. No, but, I mean, <laughs> you'll see in this video, if you watch it, the, the one that I'm talking about, and it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll come up with a name. Hang on. It's called, um, it's Reese Millen, um, mm-hmm. who, who, you know, you can catch this video on, on YouTube. Reese Millen, it's spelled R-H-Y-S, and then Millen is M-I-L-L-E-N. And... Um, the one that we're talking about is where Reese Millen, it, sa- it says Reese Millen smashes the Pikes Peak record. Mm-hmm. And that's the 12-minute video, and that shows the entire run. And if you watch that video, you'll see that along the way, there are hay bales stacked up on the side. Yeah. And that always kind of cracks me up because a hay bale is not going to stop a race car from going over the edge. But it is a good visual indicator of where sure. where that turn is because when you get to a certain point, you know, there's no trees. You're above the tree line. And um, it just kind of becomes this one big wide open landscape that looks very similar in all mm-hmm. directions. It's kind of tough to tell where the road is and where, you know, you're you're off the road in in kind of a ditch and then you're in a, a really precarious position. So um you know it's nice that they put these hay bales up mm-hmm. to mark these these big turns so that uh, these guys don't, you know, shoot off the cliff, I guess. We we mentioned a little bit about uh the the strategy of choosing the correct equipment and vehicle. Mm. Um are there some things that these racing vehicles have in common or that are specialized for this race? Well, they all have to be adjusted for this altitude, which okay. is uh, is kind of unique. So the air-fuel mixture is completely unique. And they and teams will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and maybe all year preparing for their run. Sure. So um, it, it really is – these are specially prepared cars that are made only for Pikes Peak in a lot of cases, not every case, but in most cases – they prepare a vehicle for this run hmm. uh, because okay. it's such a unique race. It has such um, – it, it's just really demanding, and they have to know what what to expect at every different altitude, every different uh, type of pavement, you know, all these different turns. It's not like uh, you can set it up for like an oval course where the, the – you know, the mm-hmm. atmosphere stays the same at all times and or mostly the yep. same. And you could pull into a pit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't really do that. If, you're, if you have trouble when you're on the mountain – and your car is, you know, giving you giving you issues. You're done. You stop, and mm-hmm. that's it. Or or you continue on with a broken car, and you know you do terrible in your class or whatever. But um, you know that's unfortunate. But that's what happens, and you know that's what you do when you're 12 miles away from the nearest person that can help mm-hmm. you. 
to, so the the racing strategy definitely changes due chiefly to the altitude. Yeah, this is a this is completely unique. This is uh this is there's nothing else like it. So there are now. I want to be very careful. I say this because of course. Uh, neither of us are professional racers or precision drivers, no. but this race sounds sufficiently different, um, maybe to the point where people who are pros at, say, Indianapolis or um, you know, Formula One would have a difficult time. Perhaps, but I think that um, you'll see a lot of crossover in that. I don't, I don't know for sure that anyone who's competed in either mm-hmm. one of those courses of or either one of those series, rather, have, have competed in this. I, I couldn't say for sure because you'll often find that when a racer is, is skilled in his his or her series, mm-hmm. um, that he or she moves on to another series just to give it a try, you know, just to to attempt it. I mean, there have been crossovers from, uh, you know, Formula One to NASCAR and CART to IndyCar and IndyCar mm-hmm. to Formula One and, you know, back and forth. Those are the ones we hear about. But you know that you know some of these guys are you know enjoying getting behind the wheel of an off-road car as well and doing some you know some rally racing or you know something that we don't necessarily hear about all the time. But if you were to follow their, you know maybe go on their website and follow mm-hmm. them, you would you would see that you know there's a lot of crossover that they try to you know do these different events just to stay sharp, I guess. And that's you know and that'd be very valuable as a professional racer to pick up as many different racing skill sets as possible. Yeah, right? and not only that, you, you know you'd have this uh, this. Round more rounded skill, um, it may help you in the other series in some mm-hmm. way. You may be able to handle the situation better, but also uh, maybe you could choose a series that races in the off season. So oh, yeah, that, you know you wouldn't have an off season. You would have you know this series and then this series. Mm-hmm. Like you might do uh, winter rally racing, mm-hmm. uh, and then also do you know open wheel racing in the summertime. That's you know what that's a good strategy. And while we're on the subject of the drivers themselves, um, maybe we could talk a little bit about. Let, let's say, Scott, let's say you and I are so fascinated by this that we decide, you know, forget Atlanta. We're going right now mm-hmm. to Pikes Peak, sure. and we are going to do our best to get involved somehow. Hmm. What will we do? Well, I guess you would contact uh, the, well, probably the uh, the commission that, that ra- you know, sponsors mm-hmm. the race there. Um, I don't know, the sanctioning body that, that yeah. runs the event. There's a there's a website. Uh, it's called Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. It's P P I H C, and you can find it online. And I'm sure that you know somewhere on that site there's a place where you can find an area that you can volunteer or you know at least contact somebody and ask about participating in next year's event. If you want to be someone who watches at the top of the mountain, you know, with a flag person or whatever. I'm not sure all the different positions they have. They have a, a lot of spots. I would think on a 12 and a half mile course. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely check out. Uh, again, PPIHC online, and uh, you know, ask them about what you can do. And if they, if you'd like to drive in the race, or if you'd like to uh, enter into one of these divisions, uh, you'll need to do a qualifying race first, right? That, that's right. There's qualifying a couple of days ahead of time before the event, and then on the weekend. Um, again, this one's already been run this year. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was run on July 19th, I think, it was the Sunday um, that it actually ran this year. Um, so it happens in July. You have to you have to be prepared way ahead of that. Don't think that you can you know come in in June and be ready to run uh, <laughs> right. run there. I mean, it takes a lot more than that. So contact them early. You know, make sure that you know you know the rules and know what's required. And uh, yeah, I'd say go for it if you can. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. 
Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This, you know what, I I went away from it. Um, the final question we used to ask a lot, but I have to go back for, for this one. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and don't let me step over. Is is there anything else that we should, we one, should let people one, know? One more quick yeah. thing. Yes. Quick thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but we mentioned that the uh, the record up Pikes Peak is right now around 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes, yeah. Okay, 10, it's actually 10 minutes. Hang on, I'm, I'm searching my notes, scouring my notes. 10 minutes in a... 10 uh, minutes, one second. And, uh, you know, just like... Hang on, here it is. The, the current record for the unlimited division is 10 minutes, 1.408 seconds, which was set by, and I'm going to mess up this name, <laughs> Nobuhiro Tajima, uh, who is the, the current record holder in his Suzuki XL7 hill climb special. Now, that record was set in 2007, mm-hmm. and this year there was an attempt at that record that was uh, that was made that didn't, didn't uh, quite make it. In fact... Um, 
Nobuhiro, again, won this year's competition uh, in the unlimited division, but he didn't break his own record. Mm. Um, The previous record was held for 13 years. That's how difficult this record is to break. And the previous record was somewhere around, I think it was like 10 minutes and uh, I thought it was around 15 seconds. I've got that wrong, but it's somewhere around there. It's, it's, he, he broke it by about, you know, 12 or 13 seconds, something like that. Um, so that record was held by another Millen, as a matter of fact. That was held by um, by Rod Millen. Huh. So, you know, that, that 13-year record stood for, you know, that's, that's a long time for right. it to stand. And then um, two, just two years later for, the, you know, someone to say, I've got a chance at breaking this record, that's pretty unbelievable. And it was a um, an ex-British rallycross champion. His name was Mark Renison. And he had, and this is this will give you an idea of the cars in this Unlimited series, mm-hmm. he had a Ford Focus um what was it? A Ford Focus RS two hundred, which is a specially you know specially built vehicle for Pikes Peak. This is the only race that this car competes in, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be modified from this point, you know, to race in something else. But the car Ben had one thousand one hundred and fifty horsepower. So it's this unbelievably powerful car that's just shooting up the mountain. It's it's. I mean, to make it up you yeah. know, twelve and a half miles on these turns where you're normally going ten miles per hour, mm-hmm. it's doing twelve and a half miles in ten minutes. That's unbelievably fast. It's yeah. I'm still trying to do some of the math. Well, on that. I mean, that record run that we saw mm-hmm. was, um, I think it was a twelve minute run mm-hmm. by Reese Millen, and that was in a in a series. It's a two wheel drive series called uh, Time Attack. The Unlimited series is four wheel drive. Okay. Uh, so that was a four wheel drive Ford with eleven hundred and fifty horsepower. Reese Millen's car this year was a uh, Genesis Coupe, a Hyundai Genesis Coupe, and he made it in, I believe, it's twelve minutes and nine seconds. I think that's crazy, and and, and that was a world record as well. He beat, he yeah. had the world record for or the record for his class and a world record for that. Well, I guess that would be it, a world record for mm-hmm. for that series, Time Attack. And it's so nuts if you see the the way, just the the way he was driving in that video. Yeah, this guy is drifting left and right, yes. and. They've got the the small inset screen where you can see how he's handling the wheel. Yeah, yeah, he's got. It seems like it's a pretty big handful, doesn't it, to, uh, yeah. to make it up the hill? And his hands look very calm. Yeah, he. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sure he. Yeah, he is. He's he's calm about it. He's uh, professional. He's he's uh, steely, I guess, against the mountain because mm-hmm. he. That's a little dramatic, wasn't it? I don't know, man. The video <laughs> itself, it's a dramatic race. It, it, I think Steely is okay. It is. It was such a cool video because, I mean, they're able to put cameras everywhere now in these mm-hmm. cars, and you get some, these unbelievable views. You get views of what his feet are doing, what his hands are doing, mm-hmm. you know, when he's shifting, you know, view from the, the center of the front bumper down low, which is yeah. really cool. That's the one I like. That's the main view. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, apparently, there were a couple of cameras facing outside from high above because... In a few of those shots, it switched a few times yeah. during, during the right. race. I don't know if you noticed, but um, that higher angle, you're able to see over the edge of the cliff at times. So there, there are points where he's you know sliding sideways facing the, the edge of the cliff, and you can look down into the edge and see that you know it's several hundred feet down. That's terrifying. And he's on gravel, of course. Now, okay, all right. I have to, I have right. to call shenanigans on you here because sure. you're saying that's terrifying. I'm saying that's terrifying. But I think I'm the one who believes it because here's the the last yeah. question I have. I know where you're going. Would you do this? Definitely. See? Yeah, really? No doubt about it. I, I love – you know what? There's something about driving uphill fast that I really enjoy. I, I love it. I, we live in Georgia, right? Right. A lot of – lot of uh, not, not anything like this, I'll, I'll admit, mm-hmm. but there's something about driving uphill fast. I just I, – I love it. I don't know. You feel – 
don't know if it's more control or mm-hmm. what. I, it, it's just a good feeling. I really enjoy it. I, I think that I would like something like this. Now, that there's a lot of danger involved in this, and there's gravel, and mm-hmm. you know, it's different. But um, I've had an all-wheel drive car on gravel before, and I, I kind of know that feeling. I also know that I enjoy driving uphill fast, which is an odd thing, I know, but I know that I like to do this. That's, you know what, Scott, honestly, that's amazing. And even though I think it is it is a crazy race, mm-hmm. um, and I, I respect the, the drivers involved, um, I also think they have nerves of steel. If you decide to drive, to race to the clouds there, I, I'll ride shotgun with you. Oh, you would? Yeah, but don't make me do anything, because <laughs> I'll be worthless. You know what, if you were a true, like a, a real... In a, in a real rally situation, mm-hmm. oftentimes a person riding shotgun has to look down at a map the entire time and call out directions. I don't think they have to do that in this. I don't even know if they can have a rider. I could totally do that. Speed. If I don't have to look out the window oh, could at you? the cliff, yeah, I could totally. That would give me a Go headache. left. I would have a headache. No, yeah. that's that's what a rally racer does. We'll talk about that maybe yeah. someday soon. We'll have to mm-hmm. because um, a, a co-pilot in a rally race says, uh, you know, left turn in a quarter mile. Like or, a s- like a spotter for a sniper. Exactly. It's it's just constant directions given to the driver because they're going so fast through whatever mm-hmm. terrain they can't. It's almost as if they, they have to be prepared. Well, they do have to be prepared for the next whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we got way off track. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I'm but, sorry. Uh, so you you wouldn't drive yourself then? No. I mean, I would do it if I had to sur- do it to survive. But for <laughs> fun, no. Race or die, is that what you're saying? Yeah, if I, was in, if, I w- if I had the choice of race or die... Um, <laughs> I, you know, I would probably race, but first I would ask just so I know if I was getting into, you know. You'd say, seriously? I yeah. have Really? Yeah, yeah. I would. Okay. Yeah. But, um, to, I guess that wraps it up for us today. Oh, sure. I've uh, yeah. blabbered on about this long. Oh, no. Later. This is yeah. awesome. I've, it's it's a great race, though. It's, it's really, yeah. really cool. Check out the videos mm-hmm. online. Reese Millen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't say enough about the videos. They're really cool. Oh, and, uh, for our listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we have uh, Pikes Peak Hill Climb is a fascinating event every year. Um, if you would like to learn more about it, please do check out uh, Scott's blog, which you can find on the homepage. And uh, if you have any ideas for an upcoming topic or suggestions for a future subject, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com.
dxcom.com slash compatibility. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.